if one or two or more of these events did hit a big city from an insurance angle, like how are insurers gonna fare with another loss? Welcome back to part two of our mini-series about what the 2023 hurricane season may mean for insurers. If you missed part one, I do recommend going back and catching up on last week's episode. To recap, we welcome John Schneier, CoreLogic's Director of Catastrophe Response, to talk about how the shift to El Nino weather patterns and persistence of elevated sea surface temperatures has primed the U.S. for an above-average hurricane season. Let's jump into it. Going on the assumption that, let's say, that if one or two or more of these events did hit a big city, from an insurance angle, like, how are insurers going to fare with another loss? Like, we are not even a year past Hurricane Ian. That was a huge impact on Florida. Um, If we go back to 2020, 2021, like Louisiana just got hit over and over. Hurricane Laura, Hurricane Delta, others, you know, there's still Texas. It's still only been six years since Hurricane Harvey. Like Mm -hmm. from an insurance perspective, how is the insurance industry going to fare if we get another bad or multiple bad storms this year? It's a great question. Um, what we can say is that the lessons we've learned from last year are looking like they're making a pretty substantial difference. Um, mm-hmm. We look at the impact from Hurricane Ian, you know, almost 12 months after the event, and it does appear that the losses, the insured losses from that will be fairly manageable, right? Thanks in part to the modern building codes there in Florida. Yeah. Um, I've actually mitigated a fair amount of the wind damage, uh, which will obviously lower the final bill. Um, a lot of the legislative changes that have been made in Florida mm-hmm. seem to be working. Um, from place, you know, what I've read, um, there are a number of private insurers re-entering the market there in Florida, taking away okay. some of that, uh, taking away some of the load from citizens, the sort of state-backed insurer of last resort which will definitely make things easier if we get a big hurricane. So we missed it. Ian was a big cat four hurricane and it mm-hmm. seems to be manageable, which is not to say if another cat five hit Miami directly or maybe somewhere with less stringent building codes somewhere else on the Gulf. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be a, uh, I don't want, I don't want to be, you know, come out and say that uh, we're all doomed, but it does seem that the insurance industry as a whole has made a lot of changes. They have the capital to, withstand a major hurricane. They have their okay. reinsurance, albeit it was more expensive this year than it had been sure. uh, previously, but they're adequately capitalized. Um, they should be able to, we- they could, it would be, it, they're certainly able to weather a major land, uh, a major hurricane making landfall. Two or three in a single season could be another story. It right. really depends on yeah. the nature of those hurricanes where they hit so many things. Yeah, I think there's a there's a lot to be seen on, you know, where it hits and yeah. kind of the impact that it does have too. I mean, hopefully we can just, you know, hope even if there are a lot of storms that they don't impact people and mm-hmm. have major impacts like some of the, the ones in recent years have. Um, it is just that the more we have, the more, the higher the probability of them actually hitting something is. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we've kind of focused on the Atlantic with El Nino is the Atlantic, it, you know, El Nino's 
not just something that impacts the Atlantic, I would assume. Um, does it mean anything for the Pacific? I, you know, specifically, I'm I'm thinking of Maui and what has just happened with the very devastating wildfire there. Hurricane Dora did pass by the Hawaiian Islands right around that same time as well. You know, is any of this connected to El Nino activity? So it is a good question. I think it's important to separate um, maybe the impacts of climate change from the impacts of ENSO mm -hmm. on various parts of the world, mm -hmm. um, which is not to say that ENSO or El Nino don't have other effects. Um, they do. They have, they have plenty of effects on the weather patterns across the globe. In the U.S., for example, there, uh, there isn't a particularly strong signal between El Nino and weather patterns in the U.S. during the summer months. Okay. In the winter months, it does mean it's going to be it does tend to be drier in the U.S. Um, you know, relative to La Nina or neutral conditions, especially there in the Pacific Northwest okay. area. Um, what happened in Hawaii and Maui recently um, has less to do with ENSO and more to do with the fact that it had been dry there in Hawaii. We don't know. We don't know the cause of the wildfire mm -hmm. at this point. Um, we don't know mm -hmm. necessarily where it started as of, you know, today's date, they haven't been able to figure that out. Um, but the conditions there on the island, uh, thanks in part to uh, Hurricane Dora creating sort of a really strong pressure gradient across the islands, uh, yeah. the wildfires were able to spread fairly quickly um, mm. through Lahaina. Um, so it's important to distinguish that, you know, this isn't necessarily an ENSO thing. Um, it extended periods of dryness are going to create more optimal environments for wildfires. Okay. Um, Granted, I would always be hesitant to attribute a single event to climate change or even ENSO. It's just a, sure, as a yeah. general trend. Yeah, yeah. if it's going to be warmer and drier for long periods of time, things will dry out easier for wildfires to spread. Got it. So something, you know, we talk a lot on the wildfire risk in California and the, in Western U.S. So something that really could impact the wildfire season ahead of us as well. Sure. Absolutely. It could have an effect. Before we finish this episode, let's take a break and talk about what's happening in the world of natural disasters this season. CoreLogic's Hazard HQ Command Central reports on natural catastrophes and extreme weather events across the world. A link to their coverage is in the show notes. Hurricanes are not the only prevalent natural disaster this summer. Wildfire season is also raging. In August, wildfires in Canada continued to burn, setting records and affecting millions of acres. Meanwhile, in Hawaii, wildfires broke out devastating Lahaina on the island of Maui. CoreLogic estimates that about 3,000 residential properties are within three preliminary wildfire perimeters. Find out more about wildfires this season by downloading CoreLogic's 2023 Wildfire Risk Report at the link in the show notes. In August, the southwestern U.S. experienced a rare hurricane. Hurricane Hillary made landfall over the northern Baja California Peninsula, putting 1.5 million homes at risk of inland flooding. At the same time that this storm was soaking Southern California, there was also a 5.1 magnitude earthquake about 80 miles northwest of Los Angeles. Although the earthquake shook some nerves, it did not appear to cause any major damage. And that's the Natural Disaster Digest. All right, well, John, I know this is not the last time we will be talking with you and probably not even before the end of the season. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us today for this perspective. And you'll be back when a big event happens. I know it. 
Well, I would say I'm looking forward to it, but that would mean another natural disaster. But I will be here if there's another event. <laughs> and we are grateful for you. So thank you so much for joining us today on Core Conversations, a CoreLogic podcast. And thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed our latest episode. Please remember to leave us a review and let us know your thoughts and subscribe wherever you get your podcast to be notified when new episodes are released. And thanks to the team for helping bring this podcast to life. Producer Jesse Devenins, editor and sound engineer Romeo Roman, our facts guru Erica Stanley, and social media duo Sarah Buck and Michaela Brooks. Tune in next time for another Core Conversation. You still there? Well, thanks for sticking around. Are you curious to know a little bit more about our guest today? Well, John Schneier is the Director of Catastrophe Response here at CoreLogic. John aims to keep CoreLogic clients informed of weather risks by monitoring potential events, determining the scope of the response, coordinating with internal stakeholders, and providing up-to-date content. You can read more of his event response coverage on hazardhq.com. The link is in the show notes.